Catholic commentary. Spiritual warfare. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Jesus 911. Soul Patrol two man car. Jess Romero, Paul Clay, two lovers of Christ, devotees of the Blessed Virgin Mary, and faithful sons of the church. 1 Thessalonians 5, 19 and 20, do not quench the spirit, do not despise prophecy, test everything, hold fast to what is good, and refrain from evil. That's what we're going to be talking about today, Paul, prophecy. Mm. As Catholics, we have people throughout history, holy people we call venerable, servants of God, blessed, saints. These are people that God has used in, in the last 2,000 years of salvation history, and he's given them messages. One of the most popular messages that intrigues people is the three days of darkness. We know that there are two things that must uh, that will happen at the very end. So whatever prophecy the saints talk about, the blesseds talk about, Whatever prophecy occurs will occur before the second coming of Christ, which closes all human history, and will also happen before the Antichrist, the reign of the Antichrist, which will happen right before the second coming of Christ. So, Paul, this is what we want to talk about. The three days of prophecies, it's an eschatological belief based on private revelation, and the one of the reasons why I believe this prophecy is because it parallels with the 10 plagues against Egypt in the book of Exodus from chapter 7 to 12. Mm. Uh, God brought three days of darkness upon the land of Egypt. Yes. And this is what, this is what uh, finally broke Pharaoh. Mm -hmm. Another reason I believe the three days of darkness, we'll start sharing some of the details, is because we are the body of Christ, and our Lord, the head of the body, he spent three days of darkness in the tomb. So mm -hmm. there's a theological principle here at play. Whatever happened to the person of Christ while on earth, he spent three days of darkness, will also happen to the mystical body of Christ here, the church. That's my mm. call. Well, Jess, I don't think anybody can really disagree in a serious manner. Uh, we, all, we often say on the program, History doesn't repeat itself, but it does rhyme. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Since Scott Hahn said that, I always yeah. love to say it, but yeah. it is true. New characters, new places, new dates, but the same thing happens. It recurs. Yes. And it just recapitulates, you know, you know, into the future in, in, a, in a much more comprehensive way. That's right. God didn't give a, God didn't bring about three days of darkness in the days of Pharaoh. Uh, just, uh, you know, for Pharaoh himself, this is mm -hmm. going to recapitulate and trust me, it will happen before the second coming of Christ. So we're going to share with you some of the particulars here because again, uh, so what does the Catholic church say regarding prophecies? We're talking about the three days of darkness and prophecies of latter times. So in order to start on the right footing, it would be wise and salutary to inform ourselves with what the church has to say about this topic. For our enlightenment, 
Let us refer to the 1917 Catholic Encyclopedia for some guidelines regarding prophecies. The following explanations were taken verbatim from the New Advent website, the 1917 Catholic Encyclopedia. It says, quote, As the term is used in mystical theology, it applies both to the prophecies of canonical scripture and to private prophecies. So understood in the strict sense, prophecy means knowledge for knowledge of future events. Though it may sometimes apply to past events, of which there's no memory, and to present hidden things which cannot be known by the natural light of reason. St. Paul, speaking of prophecy, in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, he does not confine its meaning to predictions of future events, but he also includes it, he includes under it divine inspirations concerning what is secret, whether future or not. As however, the manifestation of hidden present mysteries or past event comes under revelation. We have here to understand by prophecy what is in its strict and proper sense, namely the revelation of future events. The knowledge must be supernatural. It must be infused, infused by God because it concerns things beyond the natural power of created intelligence. And the knowledge must be manifested either by words or signs because the gift of prophecy is given primarily for the good of others and hence needs to be manifested. Mm-hmm. It's a divine light by which God reveals things concerning the unknown future and by which these things are in some way represented to the mind of the prophet whose duty it is to manifest them to others. Paul, you want to pick it up from there? Sure. Exercise prudence in one's discernment. The church considers the apocalypse as divinely inspired and remains to be the last prophetic work she acknowledges as such. Through the prophetic spirit continued, um, though the prophetic spirit continued through the centuries, the church has never promoted any other prophetic work, even as she proclaimed countless saints who were gifted with prophecy. And we'll talk about, we'll talk about a few of them later. Yeah. Yeah. The church prudently gives ample latitude as to the acceptance or the rejection of particular or private prophecies based on evidence for or against them the catholic's faithful uh, the catholic faithful's attitude should be that of prudence and balance always being careful and slow in accepting or rejecting them especially when they come from trustworthy sources and do not contradict uh, yeah either accepting or rejecting them but we have to remember if they come from trustworthy sources such as venerables and blessed lessons yeah uh, exactly um uh sources and do not contradict catholic doctrine and morals so that's one of the the litmus tests Jess. That's you know right. i mean we have we have to look at the source were were, yeah. were these people holy were they are they recognized as being holy uh by the church and and the answer to that in this case is yes yeah paul in other words if if somebody like johnny the heroin addict from east la is saying things like this you're going to have to look at Johnny the Heron Addict's life 
the, 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 the fruits of his life and say, I'm not really sure if he's a trustworthy source. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. And then a lot of it's unfortunate, but there's a lot of people just that seek attention. Um, and, and, you know, and within, as you know, both in Catholic uh, and Protestant circles, both. Yeah. Both of, of, of course. And, and and what I'm saying is, is the, you know, the so-called charismatic manifestation of certain gifts that, you know, um, even exercise within the Catholic church, a lot of times, you know, it's, you know, they just tend to, um, you know, the people, they make these prophecies and they speak as if God is the one speaking. And then if you look at the life of the individual, um, you know, again, they're, they're not necessarily living a holy life. (laughs) To say the least. Yeah. Continue, Paul, pick it up from there. Yeah. Um, Veracity or accuracy of their fulfillment remains to be the litmus test to which all prophecies are to be judged. The character of these prophecies covers a wide gamut ranging from pious anticipations of providence to events in the lives of saints, to the fate of nations, to the popes and the papacy, and to apocalyptic catastrophes leading to the end of the world. They may sometimes be realized in part and in part may even run contrary to events due to the conditional nature of some of them. They may also uh, not be fulfilled. And an example of that, you know, uh, so, um, yeah, there there are things that are given conditional, Jess, where if the people repent, this will not befall you. So that so there's a, an example of something conditional. But if they don't, this will happen. <laughs> Amen. Continue, Paul. Yeah. The common and outstanding character among latter-day prophecies seems to be the foreboding of a terrible destruction of the world due to an unrepentant mankind, the resurgence of the church, and the conversion of the world. E.H. Thompson keenly pointed out in his life of Anna Marie Tagai uh, that the revelations have the following features. First, They all point to some terrible convulsion, to a revolution springing from most from most deep rooted impiety, consisting in a formal opposition to God and his truth and resulting in the most formidable persecution to which the church has ever been subject. Secondly, they all promise for the church a victory more splendid than any she has achieved here below. The Fatima prophecies fit exactly into this category. When Our Lady spoke of a terrible chastisement, if men do not repent and amend their lives, but she also gave hope by promising that the that in the end her immaculate heart will triumph. We're listening to Jesus nine one one. We're going to be talking about we're going to the next segment. We'll get right in to the three days of darkness prophecy. So we just kind of gave you a backdrop of what is prophecy in light of Catholic teaching. The next segment, we'll get right into the actual three days of darkness itself. Stick around, Jesus 911. Don't go anywhere. Now. 
back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Two retired cops for Christ. God, come to my assistance. Lord, make haste to help me. Psalm 69, verse 2. That's the flagship verse for this program. All yes. of us are called to call Jesus 911. Psalm 69, verse 2. Jesus Christ is just a beckoning call away. We're talking mm. about prophecy, specifically the three days of darkness. St. Paul gives us a very good admonition. What do we do with prophecy? 1 Thessalonians 5, 19 to 21. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophesying, but test everything hold fast to what is good. So the best approach is to be cautious and discerning who's the one that's giving the prophecy. That means a lot, the fruits mm-hmm. of their life, but also be open and welcoming of heavenly prophecy because God has not stopped prophesying. Mm-hmm. So let's get into the three days of darkness. <clears throat> In scriptures, we find many referenced to the days of darkness the most familiar perhaps being the ninth plague that fell upon Pharaoh and, and the Egyptians during the time of Moses. Remember the story in Exodus chapter 10, verses 21 to 23. But the Lord said to Moses, extend your hand towards heaven and may there be darkness upon the land of Egypt, so dense that it may be felt. And Moses extended his hand towards heaven and horrible darkness occurred in the land of Egypt for three days. No one saw his brother, nor moved himself from the place where he was. But wherever the sons of Israel lived, there was light. Mm. God took care of his people. The prophet Isaiah, he also spoke about a day of darkness in Isaiah chapter 13, verse 9 to 11. It says, Behold, the day of the Lord shall come, a cruel day, and full of indignation, and of wrath, and fury, to lay the land desolate, and to destroy the sinners thereof out of it. For the stars of heaven and their brightness shall not display their light. The sun shall be darkened in his rising, and the moon shall not shine with her light. And I will visit the evils of the world, and against the wicked for their iniquity. And I will make the pride of infidels to seize, and will bring down the arrogance, the arrogancy of the mighty. Close quote. And we also see from the New Testament, remember, We also learned that a cloak of darkness enveloped the world for three hours when our Lord died on Calvary as recorded by the evangelist. We have in Matthew 27, 45, then from the sixth hour, there was darkness over the entire earth until the ninth hour. Mark 15, 33, and when the sixth hour came, there was darkness throughout all the earth until the ninth hour. Luke 23, 44, but it was almost the sixth hour and there was dark and there was darkness in the entire earth until the ninth hour. And of course, let's not forget that our Lord spent three days of darkness in the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea. And St. Augustine says what happens to the head will happen to the body. And so as not to belabor the point, it suffices to say that there are several uh, more scriptural texts referring to days of darkness. And so there's solid ground upon which later prophecies that we're going to share with you, symbolic or otherwise, were based. And that's why, Paul, based on the evidence of what God has done in the past and Scripture, this is why I believe these holy and pious blesseds and, uh, and, and, uh, and mystics. Yeah, um, and again, if you know sacred Scripture, 
and you can anybody can look and see what's going on in the world when we talk about the impiousness that's going on out there mm. when we see that the world has corporately in a sense band together and 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 and, and are rejecting god well we know that god is a just god and that god punishes you know sin and so uh these prophecies are just uh basically um bearing out what we are already seeing ourselves yes yes yeah you, want to pick uh, it up you know yeah yeah i just wanted to say one more thing yep. and so when we, when we talk about uh, the darkness in the gospels and it says and there was darkness throughout all the earth until the ninth hour mm -hmm. and you know and and of course critics of sacred scripture say well how come it's not reported anywhere else other than in the bible where there was darkness um over all the earth and well there's there's a lot of explanations to that but um you know and in this case it doesn't necessarily mean that it was um uh, a physical darkness over all the earth even though there was a darkness at the time of uh, uh you know the crucifixion between those hours but we know that as christ you know, entered into the, the, you know, the belly of the earth, so to speak, mm -hmm. uh, that the light of the world per se, well, can, then guess what? The demons, they represent darkness in a metaphorical yes. sense, right? Yes. And they, yes. and certainly they had some, some measure of, um, of, of power they must've felt, you know? Yeah. Yep. You got um, it. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, uh, continuing on with the article, it's a good article. We're talking about the Blessed Anna Marie Tagai in the 19th century Italy. Through an ordinary, oh, though an ordinary housewife and mother, Blessed Anna Marie Tagai led an exemplary spiritual and Christian life and gained her, that gained her the reputation as one of the greatest saints of all time. She experienced frequent ecstasies, performed miracles, cures, read hearts, foretold deaths, and predicted the coming of future events. She foretold the first two world wars that wreaked havoc in the 20th century. Wow. 18 years after her death, her body remained subtle and incorrupt. There you go. <laughs> mm -hmm. amid, amid praises, Pope Benedict XV beatified her on May 20th, 1920. Uh, the following is her revelation about three days of darkness. God will send two punishments. One will be in the form of wars, revolutions, and other evils. It shall originate on the earth. The other will be sent from heaven. There shall come over the whole earth an intense darkness lasting three days and three nights. Nothing can be seen and the air will be laden with pestilence, which will claim many. But not only the enemy, uh, but not only the enemies of religion. It will be impossible to use any man-made lighting during this darkness, except blessed, except blessed candles. He, who out of curiosity opens his window to look out or leaves his home, will fall dead on the spot. During these three days, people should remain in their homes, pray the rosary, and beg God for mercy. Second point, 
All the enemies of the church, whether known or unknown, will perish over the whole earth during that universal darkness, with the exception of a few whom God will soon convert. The air shall be infected by demons who will appear under all sorts of hideous forms. That's what you had just the, said, the darkness is the demons. Yes. You had said before, yeah. Yep. And number three, religion shall be persecuted and priests massacred. Churches shall be closed, but only for a short time. The Holy Father shall be obliged to leave Rome. That's wow. what she that those were the points in what she saw. Jess, I see a think? lot of those things. I see a lot of those things happening right now. Religion is persecuted. Priests are being massacred all over the all over the world. Catholic churches are closing left and right. I just left Missouri last week. I was there for six days. They're closing, I think, uh, 40 or 50 Catholic churches by the end of the year. Uh, yes. Uh, there's just a whole lot there uh, that that uh, we would we we should pay heed and listen to what these uh, mystics and, and venerables and blessed say. Here's uh, Venerable Elizabeth Canori Mora. She's a 19th century Italian blessed, born in 1774. She lived in Italy until her saintly death in 1825. Thanks to her confessor, her revelations were preserved in hundreds of pages of her own writings. And today, the Trinitarian Fathers at San Carlino, Rome, hold her manuscripts for safekeeping in their archives. These writings were meticulously examined at length as a safeguard against doctrinal errors when Pope Blessed Pius IX authorized Elizabeth Canori Morris' cause for canonization to proceed. The ecclesiastical censor commissioned by the Holy See released his official judgment on November 5, 1900. It stated the following, quote, there is nothing against faith and good customs and no doctrinal innovation or deviation was found. So Elizabeth Canori Mora was beatified in 1994. Mm. Here are some of her prophecies as follows. I'll share the first one. We'll probably go to a break. Here's her first prophecy. On Christmas 1816, Blessed Elizabeth saw Our Lady, who appeared extremely sad, Upon inquiring why, Our Lady answered, Behold my daughter with such, gr such great ungodliness. Blessed Elizabeth then saw apostates brazenly trying to rip her most holy son from her arms. Confronted with such an outrage, the mother of God ceased to ask for mercy for the world mm. and instead requested the justice from the Eternal Father. Clothed in His inexorable justice, and full of indignation, he turned to the world. Paul, that's sobering. The, mm -hmm. the way the Blessed Virgin Mary stops praying for us and asks God the Father for justice, we're done. This world is cooked. When, well, when, the, mother, when the mother of God is, uh, is insulted to such a point. Well, the second... I mean, it, yeah. Yeah. No, I just wanted to comment real quick. And Jess, you see that going on right now. They are trying... They are doing everything to... Um, to just uh, denigrate Christ, you know what I mean? The the world is just in unison. I mean, you, I'm, I'm thinking about the uh, the show we where we talked about oh, the uh, at Dodger Stadium, the the nuns of uh, the homosexual sisters, sisters, homosexual men yeah. called the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. Yeah, yeah, just everything. Man is beginning to mock God. How about Target? When, How about Target? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, with, so the, with satanic the whole clothing to, to to children. Yeah, and and the company that that puts this satanic clothing out, 
you know, they're they're clearly devil worshipers, you know. And so when when you see society that that is supposed to be an extension of the family, which is an which is the domestic church, when you see society go over the deep end like that, well, God has, you know, uh, we have provoked God to the point where judgment will come. Uh, and as pointed out, you know, the first one, um, you know, from uh, from the earth, which will be war and convulsions. And you think about convulsions. What are that? That's when when somebody you know, convulsion, when, when you're sick, you have convulsions, you, you're, you're shaking, right? You, you're yeah. shaking uncontrollably. Yeah. That's earthquakes. That's volcano eruptions. I'm hearing all kinds of stuff like uh, under Yellowstone, you know, they're, uh, you know, the magma's beginning to move, uh, you know, uh, you know, in ways that it is, hasn't done before. And that one, this, this one Japanese scientist is predicting that it will erupt in 2023. Wow. Yeah, so we, we got some some real issues going on in the world, and we know. So so this is from the earth; these things from the earth, and then we see the um, uh, uh, war is going to be another uh, thing that's going to take place, um, and then we're going to see from heaven God's anger. Amen. Three days of darkness. Just remember, Paul Clay will continue. Stick around. Don't go anywhere. Good stuff. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Jesus 911, remember we're called to be great saints. Don't miss the opportunity. Set yourselves apart from this corrupt generation. Be saints. You weren't made to fit in. You were born to stand Amen. out. We're talking Amen. about the three days of darkness. From Elizabeth Kenori Mora, who was beatified in 1994, blessed Elizabeth. And here's her second prophecy. She says this, at that moment, all nature went into convulsions. And Paul talked about that the last segment. The world lost its normal order and was filled with the most terrible calamity imaginable. There will be something so deplorable and atrocious that it will reduce the earth, the world to the ultimate depths of desolation. Mm. Third prophecy. On the Feast of St. Peter and Paul, June 29, 1820, she saw St. Peter descending from heaven, robed in papal vestments and surrounded by a legion of angels. With his crozier, he drew a great cross over the face of the earth, separating it into four quadrants. In each of these quadrants, he then brought forth a tree sprouting with new life. Each tree was in the shape of a cross and enveloped in magnificent light. All the good lady... And religious fled for protection underneath these trees and were spared from the tremendous chastisement. Woe, woe to those unobservant religious who despise their holy rules. They Mm. will all perish in the terrible chastisement together with all who give themselves to debauchery and follow the maximums of their deplorable contemporary philosophy. Mm. Here's, wow. Wow. Listen to that philosophy, Man. just this worldview, this zeitgeist, this this woke philosophy, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, liberalism, yeah. modernism, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, socialism, communism, atheism. Uh, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> her fourth, her third prophecy: the sky took on a morbid blue color, which terrified everyone who looked at it. 
A dark wind blew everywhere. An impassioned and mournful shocking, shriek, shrieking filled the air like the terrible roar of a fierce lion and resounded all over the earth in blood-curdling echoes. Next prophecy. All men and animals brimmed with terror. The entire world convulsed and everyone pitilessly slaughtered one another. Huh, you don't think that could happen? Just watch mm. what happened for two years with Antifa and Black Lives Matter when they hit the streets. Imagine mm-hmm. that happen. Imagine that happening uh, to the hundredth power, Paul, which could happen. Yeah, and, uh, imagine the supply lines all uh, the supply lines all of a sudden, you know, not being available. Jess, it's going to be every man for himself. That's right. Here's the fifth prophecy: When this bloody fight will arrive, <clears throat> the vengeful hand of God will weigh upon th- these faded ones, and His omnipotence He will chastise the proud for their rashness and shameless insolence. God will use the powers of darkness to exterminate these sectarian, iniquitous, Mm. and criminal men who plot to eradicate the Catholic Church, our Holy Mother, by tearing her up by her deepest roots and casting her on the ground. Paul, next, pick it up. Yeah, just one quick comment. And you see, this is what God does. When we give ourselves over to these uh, uh, demonic uh, ideas, these Mm. uh, occultic-type practices, that we see that, uh, you know, the world is beginning to embrace. And uh, God then uh, uh, basically says, look, we've given these demons uh, permission, so to speak. And so God's just going to say, okay, the door's wide open. And he's going to allow these demons to just have their way. Relevance in our days. It is clear from the above two revelations that God had forewarned mankind of a great and terrible chastisement. Perhaps they seemed far-fetched and severe, but in, but in face of so much impiety, blasphemy, desecration, corruption, and immorality pervasive in our times, it wouldn't be, uh, it wouldn't be superfluous to surmise that the world indeed deserves such grave punishments. Unfortunately, man has progressively slid down the slippery slope of pride and arrogance and has gone from worse to worst. More importantly, it is crucial to note that Our Lady of Fatima echoed the same sentiments when she warned us at Fatima in 1917, thus giving support to these two previous prophecies. Continue, Paul. Go ahead and continue. Yeah, a striking similarity, however, occurs between Our Lady's message of hope regarding the triumph of her immaculate heart and the two above prophecies. Then, okay, Venerable Elizabeth Canori Mora's vision of a great restoration which would follow after the Earth's debacle is detailed as follows. Then a beautiful splendor came over the Earth to announce the the reconciliation of God with mankind. Mm. The the small flock of faithful Catholics who had taken refuge under the trees will be brought before St. Peter, who will choose a new Pope. Are you listening to this, Jess? I'm listening. (laughs) (laughs) All the church will be, (laughs) excuse me, all the church will be reordered according to the true dictates of the Holy Gospel. No more modernism. Yeah, the religious orders will be reestablished and the homes of Christians will become homes embowed with religion. 
So great will the fervor and zeal for the glory of God that everything will promote love of God and neighbor. The triumph, glory, and honor of the Catholic Church will be established in an instant. She will be acclaimed, venerated, and esteemed by all. All will resolve to follow her, recognizing the vicar of Christ as the supreme pontiff. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Amen. I'm excited just talking about this stuff. You know? it, it ends in total victory, Paul. And, yes. and, and something that's interesting is that God's people, God knows who his people are. We're going to be protected yes. when this three days of darkness comes upon the earth and all these chastisements come. Uh, yes. the, both of these, and, both of these uh, mystics have said we're going to be protected. And, and, Jess, and when these yeah. things were written, when these things were spoken of, uh, the church was, you would say, was was in strong. a in a in a in a yeah was strong was in a <laughs> was in a strong state. So so for these things to be spoken, they that, you know people were probably in their day were like, what are you talking about? Exactly. You know, could, yeah. And now that now that we're now that on this side of it, we're looking back saying, wow. This person is, you know, could have been alive yet yesterday, you know? Yeah, this person's <laughs> talking about us. Yeah, talking yeah. about us hugely. Continuing on, Blessed Anna Marie Tagai spoke of this restoration in the following manner. After the three days of darkness, Saints Peter and Paul, having come down from heaven, will preach throughout the world and designate a new pope. A great light will flash from their bodies and will settle upon the cardinal, the future pontiff. Then Christianity will spread throughout the world. Whole nations will join the church shortly before the reign of Antichrist. These mm. conversions will be amazing. Those who shall survive shall, be, uh, shall have to conduct themselves well. There shall be innumerable conversions of heretics wow. who will return to the, to the bosom of, of the church. All will note the edifying conduct of their lives as well as that of all other Catholics. Russia, England, and China will come to the church. You know, Jess, Man. think about that for a second. Come, yeah, Lord almost, Jesus. Oh, yeah. And it almost seems like when you hear that, uh, it seems like an impossibility. Well, there's nothing impossible for God. Amen. As a matter of fact, this is clearly, you know, we're, we're to the point, you know, where the world has gotten so evil, Jess, that we, we've often said it, it re, for anything to change, it's going to require supernatural yes. power. It's going to require the direct intervention of God. And so when we look at the miracles that have taken place within the church throughout Israel, uh, the Old Testament church and the New Testament church, these powerful uh, miracles that were beheld by 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 literally you know all um they didn't happen all the time they only happen at at key points in history and i think this is one of these key points Absolutely. where god says you know, if i don't get involved all humanity will be lost this is yes. a flood of noah type incident yes we're going to see miracles uh that have that are of, of biblical uh, proportions. You know, yeah. yeah, exactly. Biblical proportions. And God will not abandon the faithful. While the world faces a fearsome and terrible destruction in light of mankind's insolence and impiety, that means blasphemy, God assures us that he will not abandon those who are faithful to him. Our Lady gave us the remedy at Fatima by asking for the daily recitation of the rosary, the establishment of the five first Saturday devotions, devotion to immaculate heart, a prayerful life, penance, and amendment of life. That means turning from sin. 
These requests remain ever relevant and urgent, and we must continue to heed her maternal warnings. Mm. Amid the confusion of our days, let us remain steadfast and continue to hope and confide and turn to Our Lady, who is our mother of good counsel and our confidence, and dare I say, our light, our sweetness, yeah. and our hope. We always trust in her words and never tire in believing that finally, my immaculate heart will triumph. Paul? Amen. Yeah. You know, Jess, uh, you know, before the break, when we were talking about the uh, the nuns of indulgence or whatever, the sisters of indulgence, right? Those homosexual um, men. Yeah, those men. Yeah, those homosexual men, right. They're not nuns. <laughs> uh, but... Uh, <laughs> Uh, the engineer Richard, he sent me, uh, you know, a, a little article that was um, that your buddy uh, uh, Pete Hegsworth, uh, uh, Hegseth, excuse me, okay. Hegseth okay. from Fox News. I know you know him. You've met him, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, he says Biden admin hired former leader of anti-Catholic group at center at center of L.A. Jo Dodgers Pride Night controversy. Wow. It says Sam Brinton, the embattled former Biden administration official charged with multiple airport thefts, previously led the Washington, D.C. chapter of the anti-Catholic group invited to a pride night hosted by Dodger Stadium, uh, uh, yeah. uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers. Yeah. Brinton was the D.C. Sisters of Perpetual Indulgences principal officer from its founding in 2016 to 20 until 2018 according to tax filings this is where they got this info the group is part of the san francisco based sisters of perpetual indulgence a drag queen group that regularly mocks the catholic church and made headlines after it was uninvited uh uh then hold that invited hold that thought yeah. paul we'll be right back we'll continue with this breaking news breaking news we'll be back Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Soul Patrol Jesus 911. Three days of darkness and the prophecies of latter times. <clears throat> I, can, I want Paul to continue talking, share that breaking news that you just gave us, Paul. Richard, yeah. just send us our engineer. Can you share from the top? Uh, the connection between Biden and uh, this uh, these uh, drag queens of perpetual nuns of perpetual indulgence of homosexual men. Yes. Biden is Biden is tangentially connected yes. to this. What did we just find yes. out? Yes. Yeah. When uh, when we were asked, why are you mocking nuns? We answer when we're asked, why are we mocking nuns? We answer we are nuns. We do all that traditional nuns have done for centuries and DC Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence uh, website states. It adds that the group is dedicated to the promulgation of universal joy and the expiation of st stigmatic guilt and that its ministry is one of public manifestation and habitual perpetration. It just... All I got to say is, is this is the kind of, okay, when we see again, th and this guy was hired by Joe Biden, the Biden administration, he, <laughs> you know, he represents essentially 
what the left is, Jess. The left is the largest gathering of misfits I have ever seen in my life. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. They bring yeah. these people together and they, you know, and, and, and you know, and in unison, and they are collectively involved in destroying this country. You had Joe Biden, uh, uh, you know, again, this guy, uh, Jess, is received with open arms by the Holy Father in Rome. How do you explain that, Jess? Uh, I can't, explain? I can't, Paul. Uh, yeah. I, I'm sorry, I yeah. can't. I, I'm, yeah. I'm at a loss for words on that one. Yeah, and, and suffice to say, none of these so-called nuns are going to ever be like Sister Wilhelmina Lancaster, who who they discovered, you know, this traditional sister who they discovered that her body is incorrupt, you know, uh, of recent. It's in the news. You yeah. can check it out. Right, right. She's an Af- yeah. African American nun. I got to tell you, Jess, um, when you when you when you couple what we're seeing every day, it's just like almost like uh, it's clown insult- world. Paul. It's clown world. It's clown world. It's and, and, you know, we've been operating in the United States under this idea that somehow, you know, there, you know, we have this freedom of, uh, you know, and this so-called freedom. We have free elections. Just do you believe we have free elections now at this point in the United (laughs) States? The corruption is to the core. Yeah. You're right, Paul. I don't know if we're going to be able to extricate ourselves from these uh, stolen elections in, in our lifetime, we're going to need the three days of darkness to Amen. extricate ourselves from this evil, because Amen. I think we're, the, I think we're at the point we're on a human level, even with all of it. With, with, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever political power we may muscle, we may have. I don't think it's enough. I think the left controls all levers of power right now. And going back to the article that Richard just sent us. So this guy, Sam Brinton, this male who thinks he's a female, this transgender that worked for Joe Biden <laughs> that ended up getting arrested because he mm. was stealing, he was stealing uh, uh, luggage from the airport. Well, this guy, he was, uh, he was the leader for this group, the, Perpet- the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. He was In a DC, leader yes. of that group. Yeah. You think yeah. Joe Biden, when he hired him, Joe Biden, they didn't vet him and see who he worked for? Uh, I, I'm telling you, I, I said this before, and I'm going to say it again, and I can back it up. Things like this is the Satanist and the transgender movement and the Democrats, they're all, they're all, they all work together. Mm-hmm. If, if you look at, and I've done this, so I've done the, I've done the research. When you go into the personal social media, a lot of these high level, like Sam Brinton and others, a lot of these very high level uh, transgenders, guess what you find in their, in their social media? You find satanic insignia. Yes. You yes. find that. What about making... Hillary Clinton and Podesta yeah. with the spirit cooking? Right. Yeah. And, you you know, find them making these, satanic these hand signs. Yes. 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 And so the transgender movement and the Satanists and the Democrat Party, Paul, they're all working together. Not popular to say, but it's a factual statement. Yeah, it's a factual statement because we already know that the enemies of the Christian are the world, okay, the flesh and the devil. So there's a human, uh, sinful human nature that you have to, you know, uh, through uh, through the grace of God, bring under the submission of God, which we can do. God has enabled us to do that, though, when he pours out his very life into us through the sacraments. 
But yes. so, but beyond, but beyond that, left to itself, the the devil, the god, little g of this world, Jess, is basically controlling the zeitgeist and the and 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 the Democratic Party, the Satanists, all of those things. Uh, they're working together because they're all following their Lord, little L, Lucifer. Yeah, little Lord Loser, Lucifer. Correct. Yes. Yes. It, What's yes. beautiful, Paul, when we look at the prophecies of Our Lady, is at the end her immaculate heart's going to triumph. She's going to come with 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 head crushing power, and and just like these two mystics said, this venerable and blessed, that God's not going to abandon His faithful. God's going to protect His even during this, you know, this time of three days of darkness during this time of chastisement. It's the same yeah. thing that happened. Talk about the re recapitulation theory. Uh, Back in 70 AD, 2000 years ago, when when the temple of when God allowed by his permissive will for the temple of Jerusalem to be destroyed by the pagan Romans, the soldiers, the, the destruction of the Jerusalem temple, it prefigures and signifies the end of the world. Uh, mm -hmm. Just like just like Israel fell into, you know, apostasy uh, right. and eventual judgment and destruction. Yes. All yes. that foreshadows what, what happens to us in the United States and in the world. No, no every, doubt about it. Every uh, nation, every nation which hears the gospel and then rejects it, guess what? You know what's going to happen to you? Look at the destruction of the temple of Jerusalem. That prefigures the destruction of the cosmos at the end of history. But here's what's interesting, Paul. Mm -hmm. The tradition is, is that Angels came and warned the Catholic Christians about the impending uh, destruction of the Temple of Jerusalem. And mm -hmm. so, all the Christians, so none of them were killed. Exactly. Yeah, they, they, the have, Christians, they, they, they fled. They fled Jerusalem and they went to a city north of Jerusalem. I think about 40 miles north. It was called Pella. And they all stood there until Jerusalem was decimated entirely. 1.2 million non-believing Jews were killed by the Roman legions. And when that, th that city was completely wiped out, the Christians came back from Pallet to Jerusalem. And what did they build? Little by little, they started building Christianity until, it, until we got an a, a, a emperor who gave us mm. religious liberty, Constantine in 313, and he signed a decree saying, hey, Catholics, you guys don't have to hide underground. You don't have to hide in caves. You don't have to do mass in the cemeteries or in graveyards. I'm giving you religious liberty because you guys are peaceful people. And he was also going through a conversion himself. And so just like those Catholic Christians were spared by God, an angel warned them, we will be spared as well through the three days of darkness and through whatever chastisement uh, uh, befalls the United States and much deserved, by the way, or the entire world. God will save and protect his people. That's a promise. Yeah. Yeah. And then I like what brought a smile on my face is the restoration of the, the Catholic church becomes vindicated. You know, uh, the perennial teachings of the church, uh, you know, Jess will be once again proclaimed from the housetops, you know, and the and, and, and like anything, when, you know, when we obey the covenant of God, we, we you know, we're blessed. 
there are there are covenant blessings. Yes. And uh, so 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 what all all that we're bearing out here is what we already know what sacred scripture talks about. When we disobey the covenant, when we violate the covenant, there are certain covenant curses. Just yes. like as you pointed yes. out, Jess, in uh, in seventy A.D. when Jerusalem was wiped out by the uh, by the Romans, uh, likewise. You know, the covenant curses and violating the covenant and offending God, there's going to be um, a destruction that takes place. Yeah. But 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 we see that it's not going to be yet the end because God is once again going to because of love of the of the brethren, because of because of the elect. God is going to once again allow the truth to be proclaimed so that some may, may come and be saved. Amen. Well, we've been sharing with you the three days of darkness. Uh, to me, Paul, it's a, if you're an unbeliever and remain an unbeliever, it's going to be the scariest thing you'll ever experience on planet Earth. If you, mm-hmm. even, if, if you even make it, most people will die that are unbelievers. If you're a believer, God will protect us. But we will, what we will do, grab your rosaries, lock your doors, turn on your blessed candles, and just we're going to enter into a three-day, a 72-hour just chain of prayer. Rosary, scripture, rosary, scripture, rosary, scripture. And don't worry. You're not going to worry. Oh, am I going to get hungry? Am I going to get thirsty? You're not even going to be thinking about food or water. It's gonna, mm-hmm. we're, all, we're all going to do a three-day <laughs> fast. And guess what? We're going to come out of there. And, uh, and God is going to vindicate us. And we're going to see the church raise to newer levels, to newer heights. And guess what? Modernism will be no more. Modernism will be no more. If you want to know, uh, because modernists, Paul, they're in league with Satan. Just watch the movie Nefarious and you'll see it shows the way a a modernist priest walks, walks in. And the the demon Nefarious says at first he's afraid because he sees a priest. And then he realized that he's a modernist when he opens his mouth and he goes, I like you. Sit down here, man. I like you. Yeah, those 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 so-called nuns just they got one word right in their title. And it's called perpetual because there will be perpetual suffering in hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they, they have attacked God's most uh, consecrated uh, beloved daughters, virginal nuns that have consecrated their entire life to prayer and penance and works of mercy. And we have these Satanists that are making a mockery, you know, uh, of, of God's holy virginal nuns. Yeah. They're the blessed mother's daughters. Yes, and and we, yes. and we know, and we, and we know that the, the serpent, he, he, he has this, this hatred toward the blessed mother. And so once right. again, it's borne out. That's a wrap. Jesus 911, two-man car. Jess Romero, Paul Clay, two cops for Christ that are, uh, we're on duty all the time. Even when we get off the show, we're still on duty. And but as for now, we're EOW. We're end of this watch. Up next, Gary Matruda, hands on apologetics. We love you, family. Thanks for tuning in. See you next time. God bless you. Keep the faith.